From the LiveX studios in New York City, Cheesehead TV brings you two guys who like to think they know something about football. Good evening, everyone, and welcome back to Packer Transplants Live. I am Aaron Negler, and joining me, as always, and back after a sick leave last week, is Mr. Corey Banky, my partner here at Cheesehead TV. I'm coming to you live from the Cheesehead TV podcast studio in Midtown Manhattan. Corey joins us from Green Bay, Wisconsin, across the street from Lambeau Field, and we are ready to talk some Packers. What do we have on tap today, Corey? Today, we celebrate this Packers team winning two in a row after Monday night's victory over the Rams. We look ahead to a Christmas showdown, a huge blizzard for North America, and we get to the bottom of Signalgate. But right now, it's time for the good, the bad, and the ugly. We got the good. We got the running backs. We got the bad. We got Rasul Douglas. We got the ugly. We got offensive inconsistency whether you're throwing picks or fumbling the football can't afford to do that against the good teams and despite the fact that the dolphins have lost three in a row they are a good team and the packers face them on christmas day i'll be here live with Corey for the cheesehead tv watch party Corey, how the hell are you man good i'm good you know i'm do you remember okay you don't remember (laughs) Because it's clear you don't remember. <coughs> Back uh-huh. in the day, when we were uh-huh. first starting to go live and like do yeah. live, and we were live, and yep. you had the thing where you we got to start the show with energy. We got to come up, and I was always like trying oh, to be yeah. like Mr. Newscaster, like today in the world of the Packers. And you're like, no, no, we got to like hey. jumpstart it. We got to like bring the energy. And now, like every week, I do this whole intro, and then I get to this, and I go, "What's up, Corey?" And it's always like nothing. I mean, here's the thing. It's only this season, Nagler. My 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 enthusiasm uh-huh. is tied to uh, the Packers' record. Okay, so uh, I feel you. I feel there you. you go. And also, you know, I'm a little bit of a Super Bowl I'm, run. You're not feeling it? No, I'm a little bit mad at myself uh, for not taking Sudafed a little bit earlier last week, and you know that's how I missed this show. I. Yeah. I uh, got taken out, and, um, you know, had I taken the Sudafed and the Tylenol just a skosh earlier, I may have made it. It's all right. You got sometimes, man, you, you just got to take one. You know, you got, you, got, you got to take a knee, and it's understandable. You know, I'm just glad that you're feeling better now. I mean, obviously, you still got the cough, but it's good to know you're on the uh, back end of that, fighting form, as it were. And uh, speaking of fighting, there were, there were a lot of guys on the defensive side of the ball fighting through stuff and making plays this week, and one of them is uh, featured in this week's hotness. Let's get to it. Yeah, baby. I love the hotness. I could listen to it all night, but right now I want to feature one gentleman who had gone missing a little bit. I think people had started to say, oh, yeah, what happened? What happened to this guy? What, where's he been? What's he been up to? Announcing his presence with authority throughout the evening, but certainly on the first drive from the Rams on Monday night. Let's take a look at Kenny Clark, ladies and gentlemen. 
absolutely blowing up a double team. Look at the swim move, getting there, getting the ball carrier in the gap, putting him on his butt, and then getting up and saying, yo, yo, what's up? I'm Kenny. I'm still here. Let's look at that one more time. That's right. That's a negative two-yard gain. That's right. First drive of the game, Kenny Clark comes to play, people. It's good to see Kenny back in form. December Kenny. It's just what happens. Each and every year, the calendar turns to December, and Kenny Clark goes, what's up? Always great to see Kenny wrecking shop. So, uh, yeah, that was pretty hot. That was some hotness. Of course, uh, it was cold on Monday night, but it'll be nice and warm down in Florida on Christmas Day. I still can't believe they're playing in Miami on Christmas. Like, it just feels wrong. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, there's not that, I guess. Like, Lambo last year for Christmas, that, that feels like Christmas. Miami? There's nothing about Miami that feels like Christmas. Not a single I thing. Feel, I, I challenge you to like find something. The NFL kind of screwed us on the schedule this year. I really do. It's really been a, it's a really weird schedule for the Green Bay Packers really this year. Been. And I'm not a fan of playing two years in a row on Christmas. I'll definitely tell you that. Although, fun fact that I discovered this afternoon, when he starts in this game on Sunday, Aaron Rodgers will have started at quarterback on Christmas Day, more than any other NFL quarterback in history. It's true. little nugget there for you, Benke. Interesting. He was tied with Ben Roethlisberger and Dave Craig. Uh, each, all three of them had two starts. This will be Aaron's third start on Christmas, making him the all-time starting, most starting quarterback on Christmas Day. Okay. I, I don't know what to do with that information, but it's true. Uh, let's get to some uh, Packers right. news, shall we? A.J. Dillon. Clears the concussion protocol. AJ had to leave the game early on Monday. Uh, thank goodness he cleared it seemingly earlier in the week, though he was still on the injury report. He was completely taken off the injury report today, Thursday, obviously boding well for his playing on Sunday. Lord knows the Packers are going to need him. Also just very happy that he's cleared the concussion protocol. Uh, next up we have Jair Alexander. Named to the Pro Bowl. The only Packer to be so named. Uh, we have no several alternates, obviously. I know. I mean, with their record and the way they've played, I'm not surprised at all. Uh, your alternates from the Packers are Elton Jenkins, Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones, Keyshawn Nixon, Kenny Clark, and Preston Smith. I would say of all the alternates, the one true snub is Aaron Jones, obviously. Yeah. I think he doesn't get the respect he deserves league-wide, either from the fans or the or his Coaching peers staff. or the media. Coaching, coaching staffs staff. around the league. No, I know our own, own coaching, coaching staff. staff. <laughs> That's what I was talking about. Because that it did. It, if his true. own coaching staff actually respected him, then you know he might make the. And pro gave ball. him the ball a little bit more and allowed him to produce. Then yeah, he'd be a, a shoe in, a, a walk in, if you will, for the Pro Bowl. Uh, speaking of Aaron Jones, he is the now after Monday night's game the third all time in franchise rushing yards. Third okay. all time. So we got Jim Taylor. Uh, second, and I'm on green first. And Aaron Jones is there at third. Going to be fascinating to see if they can keep him in a Packers uniform where he ends up on this list. And again, as you say, if the coaches decide to use him in that regard. Um, David Bakhtiari, who's obviously missed the last few games after the appendectomy that he had to have uh, out of nowhere a couple Fridays ago, he could practice this week. He could practice on Friday, meaning tomorrow. Um, Matt? Kind of just leaving it open. They're not shutting him down. Now we'll see if that equation changes if they become, you know, eliminated from the playoffs at some point. Yeah. Have to think I'd be surprised if they ran him out there after that. But 
for the time being, there's a chance we see him on the practice field on Friday, which is good news, obviously. Uh, speaks well to his uh, recovery time. And maybe, just maybe, we see him on the field sooner rather than later, uh, which would be great. Um, but speaking of the left tackle position, let's talk about this offense. Let's talk about the fact that David's replacement, Zach Tom Bombadil, answering the call. I mean, I don't think it can be overstated uh, how impressive Zach Tom has been throughout the season, right? And we've talked yeah. about how he's had to step in the last minute. But you go back and watch the tape here, and, you know, it wasn't perfect. It never is. But for a rookie making, like, a, you know, what, second, third start in the league, I, he played remarkably well. And the fact that the, and this is what I keep coming back to that is so impressive to me, the fact that Matt, and the offense doesn't have to change. Like their approach, what they're game planning, what they're calling, you'd never see them having to resort to multiple calls where they're sliding his way or having to bring a back over to him or bring a tight end over there or make sure they've got someone from the slot sliding in line. Although that, that happens occasionally on some of the designs, it's not like they're designing the entire offense out of helping the rookie left tackle. That's pretty damn impressive. That is pretty noteworthy. Um, so shout out Zach Tom Bombadil answering the call. You love to see it. Mm. The other thing you love to see is the running backs driving this offense. Um, we've talked about it a lot and I think it's no mystery at this point when the offense is working and when the offense is successful and moving the ball and scoring points, you see it is because the running backs are the forefront, whether it's Aaron Jones gaining yardage whether it's A.J. Dillon trucking through people and getting into the end zone a couple times, the running backs are the engine of this offense. Packers got three more games. Hopefully, they drive them through these three games because I understand people getting excited about Christian Watson, the return of Romeo Dobbs, who we'll talk about in a second. But, man, the passing game needs to be, and I underline and italicize needs to be, the passing game needs to be in conjunction, in service to the running game. The running game sets everything up in this offense. And it was it was nice to see it on Monday night. No doubt about that. Yeah, you know I still don't believe about. that this team knows that, though. You think they do, but... Yeah, I think, I think they do. I think every once in a while they get, uh, you know, up against a roadblock, if you will, and they get a little impatient. But I think intellectually they know that. I think oh, intellectually you, you know, they know that. If you calm them down in the moment, they would be like, oh, right, right, right. But sometimes you get excited and you want to throw it around the yard, you know, as we've seen many times. Um, and then speaking of Romeo Dobbs, the return of Romeo Dobbs. I mean, how did that not get you excited about the future if you're a Packers fan, right? The fact that Christian Watson was, you know, not productive at all in the first half, although some of that was due to being held and tripped. Uh, mm. But but Romeo Dobbs comes in and hasn't missed a beat. It was great to see him able to not only shake uh, some veteran corners, but the way he was able to take advantage of one-on-one -on -one looks when the defense was clearly worried about Christian Watson. Uh, yeah. That's, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the future. You're going to see this a whole lot. Christian Watson is going to demand a lot of attention. You're going to see a lot of teams playing too high shell, which you saw almost exclusively from the Rams on Monday night. And Romeo Dobbs is going to feast. I am here for it. 
cannot wait. Cannot wait. Uh, on the defensive side of the ball, Kenny Clark is back. I don't know if you noticed that. I mean, we highlighted that one play in the hotness, but there were several others. Yeah, he had a lot of plays in that game. I love Kenny. I he was doubled Kenny. a I'm lot in that glad game, too. He was, and especially their center went out literally after that play we just showed. And I think, you know, the Rams obviously have to adjust off of that, and they gave guys help, and it didn't matter. Kenny is, is just a stud. He's a beast. I'm so happy to see him back to playing the form we all know he's capable of. It's going to be fascinating to see kind of the post-mortem on his season and the defense, obviously, in general. But if there were to be a move at defensive coordinator, and I know that's a ways away, but if that were to happen, how Kenny, the change might impact Kenny. Because it really feels like his usage is one of the things that they really need to kind of focus on and then spread out from there. You know what I mean? It, it just This is one of your best players. You need to focus on how you utilize him and giving him every opportunity to succeed rather than, oh, he's a cog in the scheme and we got to make sure he fits with whatever we want to call. No, 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 no. What you're calling should feature Kenny, whether that's getting him on the edge, whether that's getting him advantageous one-on-ones with like weaker guards or whatever. Like that's where you should start in my mind. But again, that's looking kind of far down the road there a little bit. Um, Quay Walker, how about the rookie? I, I got to like say, that was his best game as a pro. Yeah, for He was sure. all over the map. I mean, oh, he was so close to that pick six. But even yep. beside that, uh, the physicality, the kind of sideline to sideline ability, you absolutely saw him really dialed in in the sense of being able to diagnose in a way that he wasn't earlier in the season, not overrunning things. Um, I think the one kind of issue you've seen him have, even while he's played better here in the second half of the season, is – quarterbacks who can run obviously yeah. baker mayfield does not present that as a problem <laughs> tua is not a huge kind of he's not a big guy who's going to rip off tons of yardage the way say a justin fields or a uh jalen hurts will but he can't move so i'm interested to see if quay can keep this up stay disciplined and have a little bit more success against a quarterback who can hurt you with his legs like tua um and then finally as we mentioned in the good bad and the ugly Rasul needs to bounce back, man. That was a rough performance. And I understand there's a lot going on here as far as you're always going to be picked on. And we've talked about this kind of when Stokes was getting picked on earlier in the year. Rasul's getting picked on now because you're opposite Jair. And yes, Jair's given up some plays, but he made the Pro Bowl for a reason. He's an excellent corner. And if you're an offensive coordinator or a quarterback, who are you planning on going after? You're not planning on going after Jair Alexander. You're planning on going after whoever's on the opposite end. And right now, that's Rasul. And I think he's capable, right? I don't, I get people, God, in my Twitter mentions and on our YouTube chat during the games are like, oh God, he's terrible. He's not terrible. He's still playing at a high level, but he's not playing at that level as consistently as the Packers need him to. Robin and just I think made that's, me think that there were fireworks sense. behind me. But I, you know what's funny is there <laughs> are... No, but then I was like, wait, what time is it? And then, like, there the are Christmas going jubilee to be. Or something? Yeah, a winter jubilee, actually, through. It started last night. So, six to nine, they usually do fireworks, and they do them at, like, six so, but central time. So, six, mm. I think, six oh one, because they were there last night. I was at, uh, I was at Tits last night, Nagler. You'll like that. You know what Tits is, right? I, I do, indeed. 
Tavern in the well, Sky at Lodge Kohler. Only yeah, Lodge Kohler would name their their organization. Why would you name your restaurant Tits? Why would you do that? Well, they didn't. They they, they named, named it Tavern, Tavern in, the sky. in the Sky, which is Tits. What a bunch of idiots. Anyway, so I was at Tits last night, and uh, I was watching the fireworks, and it was crazy because Titletown goes dark. Titletown goes dark, and you're like, what's going on? Titletown just went dark, and then they go dark for the fireworks. It's really nice, and uh, it's really nice to kind of just eat for a couple hours and just watch fireworks every so often. It's it's really surreal. It's a very ma- – Lambeau, so like, Field, the, the, is, Lambeau the, Field has got to be one of the most magical magical – we said this on the broadcast when they showed the drone shot of Titletown. Like, it's a magical no place uh, in the winter. It's definitely uh, very – it's magical all the time, but especially right now, especially this week. So when LaRobin said was that, magical. I was like, wait, I do have fireworks? No, I don't. It was magical on Sunday when we had our meetup, Patreon and Care of the G Club members at, uh, at, uh, over there at the Hill. Yeah. Lockwood Terrace. Yeah. It was gorgeous. And the lights and everything. And like, I tell you, you talk about magic. It was like a Hallmark movie. It was nuts. Oh, yeah. It's like a Hallmark that movie. Whole area. Yeah, it's 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 pretty dope. Uh, let's Everyone I know calls this. it tits, by the way. Oh. Every single person. As oh, soon as you tell boy. somebody, as soon as somebody's like, oh, I'm going to the tavern in the sky. And you're like, tits? And then they think about it for two seconds. And they're like, then everyone calls it. I, I know like famous Green Bay people that call it tits now. So... Just let you know, it's not it's not inappropriate to call it tits. There are famous Green Bay people. You mean famous in the town of Green Bay? Yeah, famous in town. Oh, okay. You mean like, like Green in, Bay Packers? N- there's <laughs> other people besides Green Bay Packers no. that are famous in this no, town inside of this town. No. Inside of this town, you wouldn't know you're from Appleton. That's okay? correct. That is we don't, correct. Sir. We don't truck with Appleton. We don't uh, like Apple, your what do you even call? What do we even call Appleton? Appletonians? Appletonians. Are you an Appletonian? I'm an Appletonian. You... <laughs> thank you very much. Are you an Appletonian? Wow, that's the worst name that's ever. Sick. Yeah, we don't we don't see, truck we... with those Appletonians coming up see, in this piece we were... and thinking that they're Northeast Wisconsinites. Come on, you're like in Central Wisconsin, bro. You're on the oh, edge man. of we Central were doing Wisconsin. So well, we were plowing through. We had almost gotten to Blogosphere. Well, I didn't even trip. say anything. That's why we were plowing I through. I was like, I kept waiting for you to chime in. And I was like, okay, he doesn't have anything to say. So the problem is when I agree with we'll you, I feel like I'm just a smiley glad hand. When I just like, I agree with what you're saying. I'm just like, okay, I'm not going to be a smiley glad hand. Let's just, let's just move on with our lives. But then Robin threw me. It's all Robin's fault. Robin threw me off on the chat when he was like, there's fireworks behind you. And I looked behind me and he got me. Cause I, cause I was like, wait, there could actually be fireworks behind there me. Could be fireworks. I'm not as stupid as I look, but it's getting close. Hi. Let's take a look at this Packers Dolphins matchup, shall we? The Dolphins are on a three-game losing streak, Corey. And I know what you're thinking as a Packers fan. Oh boy, they're on the downswing. Time to take advantage. And I'm here to tell you, uh, not after watching that game in Buffalo last week because yeah. they are playing much better than a three-game losing streak would suggest. Oh, yeah. Um, they are certainly running the ball better after that game in Buffalo than they had been the last couple games against the Chargers and the 49ers. They play some uh, aggressive defense. Uh, it's going to be a problem. This team is going to be a problem. And uh, more than anything, I mean, there's, they can kill you in so many ways. Obviously, Tyreek Hill 
and Waddle. They're going to go deep. They're going to be fast. They're going to get underneath. They're going to have theirs. I think this is a game where I'm not going to be upset if the Packers aren't playing press man because God knows all it takes is one slip and Hill is gone to the house. I think this is a game where we're going to see a lot of too high shell. We're going to see a lot of off coverage, which to me makes sense given that these guys can kill you. But because of that, Raheem Mostert is primed to run all over the Packers again. Maybe not to two hundred the tune of two hundred plus like he did in the NFC Championship game with San Francisco a couple years ago, but he is going to get his. He is going to run early and often. And I mean, I, I'm not saying it's going to be Philly all over again, but I wouldn't be surprised if it was that type of game where Miami knows they can take whatever they want on the ground whenever they want it, and they just do it instead of you because. Know, Rightfully so, Barry is going to be petrified of giving up big, big explosive plays in the passing game, and McDaniel's just going to be like, "Thanks, I'll just keep handing it off to my awesome running back." Look, if there's one thing that scares the shit out of me about this game, it's McDaniel versus Barry. Like everything else, I think the Packers got a chance. Everything yeah. else, I, I can see a path to victory. Right? I look at Joe Barry and Mike McDaniel, I just get petrified. Like that's where I'm like. Merry Christmas to me, because I'm going to be here with you watching it and thinking what might have been this season if uh, the Packers had gotten their shit together a little earlier. But who knows? Hey, man, it's a week-to-week league. Who knows? I mean, Maybe Joe Barry pulls a rabbit out of his that's hat. A lot of, we'll that's see. a lot of projecting. I'm understandable, uh, but it's If Christmas, I didn't man. know you better, I Packers would say that you're manifesting those ideas. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't manifest. I do not manifest, sir. Um... You know what? I was talking about, you know, Joe most likely playing off and cloud coverage and blah, blah, blah. I'll tell you what, Miami, they are not afraid to play press man. I mean, Buffalo has a killer at quarterback. They got Stephon Diggs, a wide receiver, and a number of other yep. guys who can kill you. And Miami the other night, they were up in their grill talking about press man across the board and sending yep. pressure on third down. This I actually is watched aggressive that game. Defense. It was a great game. That was a that game in Buffalo was awesome, and they are not afraid to bring it. So uh, this is a game. This is a game where a as we were talking about earlier, got to run the ball, got to get those running backs involved, got to stay out of third and long. But more than anything else, earlier this season the Packers had real problems when people like gave them heavy pressure looks, heavy press looks, guys kind of manned up across the board. Matt and Aaron, they're going to have to have an answer for that. Whether it's bunch sets. Where's those shallow crossers, the delayed crossers, some of the wide receiver screen stuff, tunnel screens, what have you? Because this is coming. The press is coming, and the Packers or Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs just get nasty. That's another way you can I love be all press this. man. By the way, especially if dude Watson just, just get nasty. going ham in this game would be so dope on Christmas. I mean, Day if they're gonna let Let's if they're it. gonna let their guys trip us, we should just start tripping people seriously. We definitely <laughs> I mean, have a for real, especially in the end zone. And that was break. ridiculous. That non-call set the tone. Set the tone, no doubt. But hey, Packers got theirs. Although it would have been nice to get uh, Watson in the end zone. But yeah, that streak was broken. Time to start a new streak on Christmas Day in Miami. All right, Banky, uh, you ready for this? Yeah, I'm ready. All right, let's do it. Before history is written. It's played. Tonelli, the Nystrom, he's gone. 
before it's frozen in time. It's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry, only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. This week in the Packer That's right! This week in the Packer Blogosphere, the return of that venerable series. Corey Banky. Yes. So, what was it? I really want Trevor to fix my camera, though, so I'm I'm getting a little bleed in from from podcast room. Oh, I see that. that. I can see that. It's bothering me. I can't can't think of anything else right now. I can't think. Trevor, you need to fix that. Post haste. Post haste. You'll do it. Um... I think you went to dinner. So a couple days ago, many days ago, over at the old Athletic, there was an article. Oh, yeah, there was. Really? And you and many other Packers fans (sighs) uh, were uh, chomping at the bit to talk about it. Corey Banke does not often text me straight away with uh, the drop of an article and say, I want to do a Packer trans. I wish we could do Packer transplants tonight. And that's what happened last week. I believe. It was I mean, Thursday. I was texting you other stuff outside of the article. To be fair, by the way, that, that, that you, you but were, but I, you were. Re- but then I threw that in, and I it. just I thought it was interesting. You know, when your own, when people on your own team supposedly like try to pile up on you, it's very interesting. And I'm not going to name mm. any names, Tyler Herrick, mm. but um, <laughs> you know, I do think uh, it's a little bit fascinating. But here's the thing, you know, what's really funny is okay. Uh, wait, wait, wait! For anyone who doesn't know, anyone who maybe is unaware, maybe living under a rock, knows. maybe you're on Twitter a lot. I, I think most people know, but in case you don't, there was an article in the Athletic. There it is: signal meetings and Aaron Rodgers' little death stare. What it's like for Packers rookie receivers by Kalen Kaler. There over the Athletic, and uh, needless to say, it caused quite a stir. Now, now let's be fair, okay? Kalen Kaler has a little bit of a reputation. I do like her work. And I, I enjoy it, but she does have a little bit of a reputation for being the female version of Ty Dunn. And for those of you who don't know what that means, it means that oh, she boy. does have a little bit of a bleed it leads kind of reputation, finding people who, you know, anonymous sources sometimes, not in this article, by the way, which is funny, Pat McAfee, uh, to, uh, against you, Pat McAfee, it's not very cool to say something's anonymous sources. <laughs> when it's not anonymous sources, actually, no anonymous sources were used in the writing of that article. But someone who is generally known for finding the Jermichael Finleys of the world that are going to shit on your quarterback and... Uh, uh, and you know, use that the day before the playoff game. But in this case, I no, don't no, actually... wait, 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 wait. For ahead. the record, the day before the playoff game was someone else. That was a New York Times article. 
We got that wrong on the last time. No, you we actually didn't get it wrong. No, we didn't get it wrong. No, we didn't get it wrong. And here's the thing: ago. we did not get it wrong, Nagler. This is how much faith. This is how little faith you have. No, we didn't actually. Because if you look back at that time, mm-hmm. we got it right. right. He pulled his article. Mm-hmm. And he is disingenuously saying that he didn't write an article the day before the game. I have it right. He's fucking gaslighting me, okay, Nagler? I have it right. (laughs) Tyler and I have looked at the timeline. It's very clear that there was an article written by him that I'm responding Mm -hmm. directly to that he removed, okay? Okay. So no, that art mm. that and and my my thinking is is that article was removed because he had erroneous reporting in it. By the way, that's my that's okay. my theory. So there this, was on an what article. platform was it on Go Long or what was it on? Because I'm remembering no, it was, the New York it, Times. It was a New York Times. It was a New York Times. It was a Bleacher Report article actually. Um, but okay. and so if you look at the timeline of the tweets, the, the timeline of the okay. Mm. So yeah. Oh, hold on. I love how you like automatically fucking assume that I'm wrong about this, which is really fucked up because I actually was at that. that you're wrong. I saw many people who said actually nope, no, that was the New York nope, Times article because a fucking wrong. wannabe journalist like Ty Dunn tells me I'm wrong. I'm all of a sudden wrong. Exactly. Good. Pile up on your fucking friend who you co-founded a website from. Actually, I was at, actually, actually, I was at Mm -hmm. the fucking game the night before, so I had a very clear memory that that article was written the day before, and it was written by him. The article was pulled. We cannot find it on the internet anywhere, but it's very clear from Mm. the tweets and and how everything's going, like, and his response to me in the tweets, that there was an Mm. article written by him that was pulled. I don't know why it was pulled. It was pulled years later, right? Like, I have no idea why it was pulled from the internet, but it was pulled. It was written by him. I can't, I, I can't prove that How the, the article hell did we was get on this. All right, because you I got started it. it. I got. It. I didn't start enough. Okay. Now that tape we can go to, but okay. So, understandably, <sighs> Packers fans. Ready I'm not going to go. be called a fucking liar on my own goddamn show. God damn it! If I, 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 I remember. Th- also, I'm not. Also, I'm not going to be. If I'm going to be gaslit by fucking Ty Dunn, I'm not going to be gaslit by you, sir. Okay, I refuse. <laughs> so, needless to say, we can vehemently and 100% report that Kalen did write this article for the Athletic. Kalen Kaler wrote this article. Well, here's, okay. here's my thing. No, wait, wait. Could I just want to expand on something you just said? Like the, this idea that, you know, the bleeds, it leads kind of thing. I, I, I'm not overtly familiar with Kalen's work outside of the Packers stuff she's written, right? I know she writes for the Athletic. Now, we actually work together. We kind of crossed over at the same time at Sports Illustrated years ago. Very familiar with what she does, how she operates. As far as like being a journalist, I think she you know, she knows what she's doing. But I also think it's a just a little obvious that she's got a bit. I'm not saying a huge, but a bit of a thing for going after the Packers. And I don't, you know, you can take that however you want, but don't forget she was the one who was all hot to trot about Aaron Rodgers being at the Halloween party last year, who was literally calling local businesses to see if Aaron Rodgers was there without a mask. You know, like, she was, like, burrowing in on that one. And then when this article comes out, which, to your point, which you just mentioned, completely well-sourced, no anonymous sourcing, everyone's name is on it, right? Like, she knows what the response is going to be. She even frames the article. Christian Watson almost ruined the whole premise of this article because he exploded, right? 100%. But the whole premise of the article... At the beginning of it, she frames it 
saying no one can really put their finger on why. And then later on, Randall Cobb literally does that because everybody knows the reason rookie receivers haven't been productive in the Packers offense with Aaron Rodgers at quarterback is because they haven't needed to be. This is not a mystery. This is not some deep, dark kind of secret that no one can really find out or riddle that no one can solve. Everybody knows this. So it's a bit disingenuous in its framing, etc. Now, but now, however, okay, that so, said, so that's great. I think it's that's a great. Really well written article. It is. It is an article worth reading. Okay. It is not a nothing 100%. burger. No matter how much the lady doth nope, protest, not even close. The article. Okay. No matter oh, how many times man. Pat McAfee says there's anonymous sources. So there's two quotes that to me really jumped out. Okay. And the first one is a quote by Sammy Watkins. Okay. Who is no longer with the Packers, but who is a veteran wide receiver that is well-respected in the NFL. And uh, I don't know if Trevor can bring this up, but the first quote is Sammy Watkins about uh, talking about how there's two offenses. According to veteran wide receiver Sammy Watkins, there are two offenses in one at play in Green, in Green Bay. Matt LaFour's scheme and all the tiny details Rodgers once executed perfection, whether it's angle, yardage, eye, head, or tempo. Okay, I, I, I was a little bit shocked by this. I mean, I don't know why. We've been talking about it on Packer Transplants for fucking three years about how, like, (laughs) basically there's Matt LaFleur calls the plays and then who knows what the fuck happens after that because QB1 decides to do whatever he's going to do. And, you know, when you make more money than the coach, the executive committee, the president, and um, the general manager put together, you are ipso de facto the general manager, coach, and offensive play caller. And then there's another quote by one Jordan Love. So this is not somebody that uh, this is not some, this is somebody we trust, right? There's somebody on the team, somebody that Aaron Rodgers has trusted to actually do this quizzing, right? Which is Aaron will bring back signals back from five or six years ago that he used to have in an older offense. He'll just signal it out there and you just kind of got to know. And if you don't know, you just have to figure it out. It's hard for the young guys. Okay, so these two quotes really got me going. And, you know, the Blair quote really got me going. But who the fuck cares about Blair, right? I actually thought about it later. I'm like, who the fuck cares about some guy? And that's the that's that, that quote was about, like, you know, coaches don't even know what he's doing. But, like, this is not leadership. I actually put a thing out. You know, my biggest problem with this is we have allowed someone on our team Yes, the face of our franchise. Yes, the the coach, the Green Bay, the coach, the general manager, the Green Bay Packers. We have allowed him to play survivor with our wide receivers. So Brian decides who the wide receiver is going to be, and instead of you know a leadership core of our offense trying to train guys and and really do a good job and and you know help guys succeed, right? I'm totally cool with look. If if Aaron Rodgers was like, hey, I'm going to show you five hand signals, and then I'm never going to fucking show you again. I'd kind of be cool with it, kind of. It's still playing Survivor with your team. It's still not being a good leader. It's still not, you know, not everybody learns that way, right? I mean, I know I sound soft as fuck talking about this, but I've learned this as a business leader and as a small business owner that not everybody learns the way you want to teach them. So if you don't, you know, cater your services to the way that guys want to learn and how they want to do stuff, you're not going to succeed. So you're actually getting in your own way from a leadership standpoint. So I have oh, a yeah. serious – real quickly, real quickly. Go ahead. Uh, to that point, real quickly, and because I think that's a amazing fucking point that I haven't seen posited anywhere else. Like what if guys just aren't good at receiving information that way or retaining information that that's way? That's the thing. It doesn't mean that's... they can't do it. Right. It doesn't mean they like you just said, what if they 
uh, don't want to do it that way. Like, what if they can't? But they still have all this potential and athletic ability and blah, blah, blah. You're just going to throw it away because they don't well, that, learn that's, a certain way? But that's the thing that stuck out at me the most is this survivor. It's like he's the judge and jury of who gets to be on the offense not because how good they are, mind you, right? But how intellectual, how intellectual they are and how much they understand what is going on in his mind, right? Which right. is fucking crazy. That's crazy. <laughs> That's crazy right. town, okay? You're running a billion-dollar enterprise. And honestly, guys, if you go back at this offense – you can see this happening for the last few years. Everybody, you know, I stopped responding to some people because, like, the fucking, don't even get me started with, like, the radio guys. What's his name? What's what's his name with the, I can't even, I can't even, uh, 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 what's the what's the main radio guy who's trying to respond to me? Because I Michaels? responded to, no, I responded to Bill, uh, uh, Beef Ball, what do you guys have? Ball and, ball and Beef, what's your podcast? Beer and uh, Ball? Beer and Ball. Beer and Ball. So I responded <laughs> <laughs> beer and Billy? beef <laughs> Billy so beer I respond to, I respond to Billy right and uh what's one of the producers he's he's like one of the producers responding to me and I just oh, didn't Hunter? even respond to him because he no it was one of his producers like trying to and I'm just yeah. like guy you didn't even read the article and you're not actually you know you, I I'm not I'm not trying to be a douchebag but it's like it's really hard when you're not a, a, a small business owner. It's really hard or any kind of business leader to understand this when you lead people and manage people, you know, when, and not to belittle anybody's job, but if you're, if you're not in a leadership position trying to manage people, you really don't see that everybody does learn differently. Everybody does have a different approach. And if you don't change your approach as a leader, all, everyone on your team will not succeed. It's just the way it is, right? It's human nature. It's just how human beings are. And it's something that when right. you have that experience, you start to realize, well, guess what? Where's the oversight on Aaron Rodgers since Mike McCarthy left or even before Mike McCarthy left? So you got to imagine our offense and everybody's like, well, he's a two-time MVP and our offense has been this great. Well, yeah. Imagine if our offense was 35 to 40% better than it's been the last seven years. Maybe that would have put us over the top for a Super Bowl. Maybe that would have been the, the difference maker in how many games that we've seen, right? How many times have right. we talked about in this show where our offense doesn't have the edge that it used to have, right? And that edge comes from hand signals. That hedge, edge comes from, in the moment, understanding what your quarterback sees and understanding what your quarterback does, right? And how much did this play into Devontae Adams leaving? You know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying to say it did, but... Right. Clearly, this is a thing, right? And it's even more of a thing when Aaron Rodgers gets on the air and treats us all with the most disingenuous oh, fucking boy. garbage that I've was... ever seen in my life. Yeah. Like, I am that so was... fucking sick of getting right. gaslit by fucking Aaron Rodgers. I'm telling you this right now. I am sick as a fan ever since that fucking Adam Schefter article came out and then Aaron Rodgers had the gall to say, well, none of my people leaked the fact that I wanted to leave. Ever since that moment, that's what, three years ago? He he has treated mm -hmm. fans like they're a piece of shit that he can just fucking roll across the carpet and not give a shit about. And I'm fucking sick of it. He can go on his show and get his fanboys to be like, well, Aaron Rodgers said it was a nothing burger, so you guys just hate Aaron Rodgers, huh? No, I don't fucking hate Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> Why are they down why are they down south? That's interesting. I'm gonna fucking I, I can't stand this shit. Okay, so so let me let me <sighs> I'll add on a few things here, though. Obviously, Corey's covered a lot there. I will say, um, that to me, the response from Rogers was so disappointing. Like, and it's so 
obvious that he's not responding to the article itself. No. He's responding he didn't respond to, to any of it. To the article. Right. Also he's the fact that his buddy Randall Cobb said that it's hard to it's hard to get the signals. I mean, that was damning right? in and of itself. <laughs> but like so it's obvious he's responding to everyone kind of I would say somewhat overreacting to the article because to me the article was pretty fascinating in the sense of learning how things work in the building and how we've always heard like the guys needing to be on the same page right and i'm thinking back it's so funny reading that article i'm thinking back to oh i remember mvs his rookie year there's a play in detroit where they are on a second down where he uh, rogers throws it behind him and mvs clearly didn't quote get the signal and it's like i'm just thinking about like oh yeah all these times that like i always assumed it was like reading the coverage at post snap, pre snap, whatever. Like, okay, if a guy is shading one way or the other, I didn't really. And I knew Aaron gave signals at the line. I mean, lots of quarterbacks do that, but the process of how that gets kind of, you know, put into the offense, that was pretty fascinating. And I was really appreciative of the effort to kind of like cobble it together and get this kind of overall view of how that works, how it has kind of evolved. But Aaron Rodgers sitting there and saying it's a nothing burger and insulting Kalen, like, it's just so, like you say, it's like, it's just gaslighting because you're not responding to anything in the article. You're responding to how people responded to the article. Yeah. And that's what, you know, that's what's so disappointing because, look, buddy, the Packers obviously love what you do because they tripled, quadrupled down last summer, giving him this extension. Even though we knew coming into this summer, coming into this year, Devontae Adams was gone, MVS was gone, EQ was gone, there were going to be rookies, and there was going to be one guy off the street and Sammy Watkins. All of these guys needed to get on the same page with the quarterback after he signed this monster deal. There were no illusions inside 1265 of what this was going to look like, in my mind. If this, you know, if this is the way they've operated for the last... 15 years with Aaron at quarterback. Obviously, they knew the growing pains would be significant. Obviously, they knew that Aaron was going to be, you know, taking some time to get these guys on board and get them on the same page. And hell, here we are, week coming off a week 15 game where we saw Christian Watson clearly miss a signal. There I at the mean, end. God. So we're you... clearly <sighs> still dealing with it. Do it's you know ridiculous. What I mean? but the thing is, the Packers signed up for it. They knew what this was going to look like, and they handed him this deal knowing it. So it's it's hard for me, and I saw so many people go, oh, I can't believe it. the coaches don't even know. Oh, my God. It's like the Packers signed up for this. I have zero idea what people are upset about in this regard. Like, this is Aaron Rodgers winning, who's won four MVPs because he's operated this way. Yep. Like, the Packers signed up for more of that. That wasn't going to change suddenly. No. Like, you can make the logical argument about why he should have been there in OTAs, what they should have been doing as far as ingratiating the rookies, whatever you want to say about, oh, they should have these things taught to the coaches so they can do it. But whatever you want, I get it. Logically, it makes sense. You're absolutely correct in a vacuum with nothing to do with 1265 Lombardi. But the Packers signed up for Aaron Rodgers, not for your in a vacuum, on a whiteboard version of the Packers offense. They signed up for Aaron Rodgers' version of the Packers offense. 
Yep. So you know what I didn't sign up for, and I, you know what I, you know what I didn't sign up for, and what I'm not here for, and why I love that I have this platform for this show is I didn't sign up for Aaron Rodgers fucking gaslighting me anymore, and so Word. I'm just I'm fucking done with that shit. Okay, so I'm not gonna put up with that. And so what blew me away about the article is here's a guy who thinks he's a leader, who I've said this now, he's proven himself over and over and over again, especially the last three years, to not have the emotional and intellectual uh, intelligence, emotional and intellectual intelligence and maturity to be able to be a leader. And an MVP does not make you a leader, okay? An MVP makes you an amazing offensive player. But he does not have the capacity for that, and he's proven it, and he proved it with his reaction to that. And, you know, yes, you're right. The Packers signed up for that with Aaron Rodgers. We, we, all, we all have to deal with that fact. But what we don't have to deal with is we don't have to deal with dumbass mo- – don't. what's nice is this, is this is like when the Packers lose and I can get rid of bandwagon fans. Anybody that fucking responds right. to me on social about this shit, I can just now mute and block them because it's clear that, one, they don't read articles, two, they don't understand leadership, and three, they really don't understand what we've gotten ourselves into. What I love is when you criticize Aaron Rodgers, you clearly have a liberal bias. Someone in the comments just now. Oh, <laughs> oh man, you talk about... Or the best is when people the comment when they're like, well, he clearly teaches people in practice. Uh, did you read the article? He doesn't. And actually, Cobb oh. and Love confirmed it. <laughs> He's not teaching people. That's the problem, you fucking morons. Corey, Lord. the Green Bay Packers offensive operations clearly... A liberal plot. News at 11. <laughs> I don't even know if I could consider my... I don't even know... Like, yeah, oh I, God, I, yeah whatever. Hilarious. It's just hilarious. That's just well, funny. what was great, though, what is great, though, is we got to come off of Signalgate, and I think we were there like a hard boil, about 24 hours worth, and then we got Meeting Gate, because for whatever reason, Matt LaFleur mentioned to Joe and Troy, their production meeting for ESPN, but they had changed how they were meeting, and it turns out it was just one meeting that they had changed where they had been watching as individual groups, and then suddenly they decided to go back to watching as a group. And then PFT tried to make this into a thing. Mike Florio literally (laughs) wrote 737 words. Now, Aaron, you see, this is where, Aaron Rodgers, this is where you do the word nothing burger a disservice. When you refer to Kalen's article as a nothing burger, which it very much wasn't, PFT's blog post about the meeting stuff, that's a nothing burger. That is a complete nothing burger because in this article, in this post, he kind of intimates that Rodgers and the receivers aren't even meeting and this clearly is like led to their downfall offensively the first half of the year. Oh, until you go back and you read Rob Domofsky from October 25th when he wrote that the Packers, you know, wide receivers and Aaron Rodgers were clearly meeting every week. In fact, they even changed the schedule around to make sure they could do so. That ladies and gentlemen, is a nothing burger. A real nothing burger. Um, hey, before, uh, before we get also, uh, any also, further down just, here... Just for oh, those yeah. of you yeah, that yeah. don't understand history, by the way, um, <laughs> so I'm a fan of the Green Bay Packers. That has nothing to do with Aaron Rodgers. It has... He right. was a, He's a Green Bay Packer player, and he won a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Other mm-hmm. than that, so you can... 
I'm a fan of the Green Bay Packers. It is a team here in Green Bay, Wisconsin, where I was fucking born, where I live across the street from Lambeau. And last time I fucking checked, I can be a fan of the team and say where the fuck I want about anybody on the team, okay? So just unsubscribe and walk the fuck away. Just walk it back, okay? Lord. Baby, Corey, fired up this week. I love it. I love it. Oh, hey, hey, wait. Before before we get any further down this rabbit hole, I do want to uh, play uh, the, the the signals promo because Lord knows this need, we need to go even past tonight. We need a docu-series about this signal gate. Uh, so if we could roll this, this, this is very important stuff here at Cheesehead TV. Everything was fine until I missed the signal. Wiggle his pinky, tap his helmet, flip us off. If you didn't know what the signal was, you were done. Then get out. You guys would come in all the time. We tried to warn them before they got quizzed in front of the whole team, but it was usually too late. I just want to see him held responsible. For every undrafted guy like me, a third-round pick like, well, you know, someone had to tell our story. Nothing burger article that I've read. In the entire season. Randall Cobb's on the record. Romeo Dobbs, Rob, Rob, uh, Robert Tanya, Amari Rogers, Sammy Watkins, Kalen Hill, Equinemius St. Brown, Jordan Love, Chris Blair, Sean Brown, Jay Steinberg. So who should I believe? Yeah, you want to catch touchdowns, you run around around. <laughs> There's just too many signals. Oh, that is outstanding <laughs> stuff. Tyler Herrick knocking it Good out shit. of the park for Cheesehead TV Social. I absolutely love that. Um, finally, great. hey, hey, um, why? Uh, let's 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 open our gaze here a little bit to the wider NFL because very important news coming out later uh, earlier this this afternoon. The NFL Sunday ticket. Our national nightmare is over, people. YouTube is hand is landing the NFL Sunday ticket package going away from Directv. Uh, YouTube, Google, give us a call. LiveX, we can help with the latency because God knows it's it's YouTube is terrible in that regard. But it is nice that Sunday Ticket will no longer be in the hands of DirecTV. Starting next year, you can get all your Sunday Ticket stuff from YouTube, either as an extension of your YouTube, YouTube TV account or a standalone subscription. That's pretty exciting. I got to admit, I thought it was going to go to Amazon, but I am thrilled that it's on, going to be on YouTube. That's pretty. I cool. mean, they kind of owed it to them after they had a bigger bid and they went with DirecTV eight years ago again. It was like crazy. I was actually surprised yeah. they didn't go with YouTube. Yeah, when they just... re-upped, I was sh- shocked. <laughs> yeah, it just goes to like Roger Goodell having no sense of like the future. It's hilarious. I don't know about that. I th- I actually think he got one last big payday out of them while he could and let the kind of price. Kind of if AT&T, on, on the, I, I really do feel things, like, you know? New York Times reported this, but if Stanky wouldn't have said something like they were going away and DirecTV right. would have made the same pitch, I, I think there's a legacy aspect where it almost feels like the NFL wants to hold television up and see how long they can do it just so they can prove to the digital people like, hey, I don't care where your business is. You need to up at this business because here's this dying ass, but supposedly dying ass OTA but over the over the top right. business and over the air business. Yeah. That you know, I, I think there's something to that. But yeah, they should have. To be to be fair, when you have a when you have an entity that's willing to pay you a billion dollars more and you don't take the deal eight years ago, it's just a little bit sus. Yeah, yeah, that it is. That, that's true. But 
I mean, it's only, I mean, going forward, this is only, you know, obviously good things for the NFL as far as the broadcast rights already tied up for the next, what, 10 years. This deal is a seven year deal with YouTube and. They and still Apple wanted a five-year deal, apparently. I way. know Apple wanted. So a the fact deal. that Apple wanted a five-year deal must have helped YouTube get a shorter deal because the NFL typically likes to get a ten-year deal here. A ten-year deal, exactly. But I think it's interesting as well. There's still another carve-out here for bars and restaurants because one of the yep. first kind of things people kind of pushed back on or complained about was like, how are bars and restaurants? You know, where typically they have tons of televisions, how are they going to sync it all up? Blah blah blah. There's going to be a whole nother entity for that. Like yep. that, like, and you know what else doesn't even cover that. Yep. And virtual. Right. So you still have an opportunity for meta to step in in the metaverse and take a metaverse Great. deal, which has got to be like another billion dollars. If you really think about it, like, you know, oh, oh yeah, ooh. especially if it's like a multi-year looking into the future kind of thing. Yeah. A thousand percent. Because the Why NFL historically does right. not carve out freebies, right? There are no like, ooh, oh, man. we never knew about this technology freebie. The NFL yeah, exactly, does not work right. like that. I mean, they literally have partnered with Roblox for God's sakes. You know what I mean? Like they, uh, every little bit of penetration into your life, wherever you are, they are going to figure it out. They're going to find a partner and they're going to be in front of you. That that is to, there is clearly the way forward for the NFL. To be fair on the latency thing, you know, Amazon has a, a service called AWS IVS, which is uh, what Twitch is built on. And to be fair to YouTube, they do have three latency components to YouTube. Uh, the first one, which is their ultra, ultra low latency, you know, it just is kind of like glitchy. Like you, we don't turn it on technically because what well, we do the middle one. So I feel like this should push them into the ultra low latency world with their servers. So from an innovation standpoint for streaming, this should help them. Um, this should help everybody overall get uh, more, more uh, ultra low latency in our, in our streaming product. So that should be good. I'm down with that. Love it. Uh, let's go to the YouTube comments, shall we? Uh, got some people lined up saying some stuff. What's up? Uh, oh, yeah. Well, uh, Trevor already put the first one we got. Ryan, Willie, Nagler, what about a primetime game on Thanksgiving next year? No, thanks. I choose life. Man, I don't know. <laughs> I'll I tell you what. I don't, you know, I don't love back-to-back -back Christmas games. I don't just mind put... the Packers on Christmas. <laughs> Oh no! What Nagler? What do I do for a living? I love how somebody just goes. I didn't know Corey was a tech guru, bro. Literally, I've been in live streaming since 2006. I run a company called LiveX. I are you what? Calm down. Calm down. Calm down. Calm down. I'm just gonna shoot myself calm in the down. face for love of fucking god, Lord. Calm down. So not everyone knows every bit of your life. That's I seriously okay. hate people. Right. Joe Mailman, how is Corey coping with the Packers being 8 and 23 on fourth downs? Merry Christmas to everyone in Cheesehead Nation. Okay, here's the thing. I have I have a I have a uh I have some advice, some in, unsolicited advice for the Green Bay Packers uh in order to uh, help improve them on fourth down. Maybe you know, the lady who doth protest too much, maybe put the lady into quarterback sneak situations and you can improve <laughs> your fourth down situations, very short situations. So that is my unsolicited advice. I know he makes $50 million like a year, but you know what? Everybody's got a quarterback sneak uh, every every other time. Kevin I mean, McConville, Rodgers. They didn't pay him to watch him hand off. They didn't pay him to go head first into the line. Why not? 
I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Oh, oh. Well, I was like, who's next? That that sounds like a good use of our money. Roger should be on an (laughs) ancient aliens episode about pyramids titled Breaking the Triangle. (laughs) Seven wins away from the Joe Barry statue. Um, can you imagine if we if we won oh the God. if we won if we win the Super Bowl, oh Joe God, Barry's gonna stop. be here for ten years. Hey guys, this if we win is. the Super Bowl, Joe Barry's gonna be here for the next ten years. So which which would you like? Would you like to win a Super Bowl which or Joe Barry be want? here for ten years? And you know what? There's so many Packer fans that are like, Bro, I can't handle that. I can't handle Joe bro, Barry for bro. two more years, bro. I can't handle. Um uh William James, I love Corey's passion. I take everything he says with a grain of salt. That being said, since the Dunn article, writers seem to write a certain way. Okay. Well, I take I take everyone every what I learned when I was in college, the number one thing that I learned actually in high school at School of the Arts, my favorite thing and I think that everyone should always learn is question authority, 100%. Not that I am or anybody else is, but it's the number one thing you can do in life. Um don't do your own research though. Tyler Dershow, thanks for the super <laughs> chat. Should Nixon be the first lifetime contract for Green Bay so we never have to worry about kick returns again? Not a bad yeah, idea. Yeah, let's trot out 75-year-old Keyshawn Nixon. I'm, I'm down with it. Let's do it. <laughs> uh, Eric Slaby, out of curiosity, if you don't think Rodgers isn't a leader, what do you make of comments from guys like Nixon where they speak about Rodgers' leadership confidence in them and how it affects them? Okay, I I may have hyperbolically said that I don't believe Rodgers is a leader. What I meant is is that he doesn't have the leadership skills all the time that he thinks that he claims to have. And, um, yeah, I think there's sometimes when, when, you know, look, here's the thing about Aaron Rodgers, right? He is such a legend in this game that when he says anything about anyone, they're going to take that as a huge, huge deal. And in the same way, if he stops and takes a moment to show Romeo Dobbs hand signals for that week, Romeo Dobbs is going to take that fucking so goddamn seriously. He's going to think he's the greatest leader since sliced bread, which is my point. My point isn't just that he, my point is we need more of it, right? Because if we get more of it, we'll be better. It's not that we're not good. Well, we're not because we're not potentially going to the playoffs. But it's that we could even be better. It's that we could have gone over the top against San Francisco. It's that we could have gone over the top against all of these things. And it's all the little details. It, it, you know, people are like, I don't want to talk about hand signals, but you know what? It's the as we've seen in these games. Look at the second half in London. Look at every fucking NFL game. It's one or two little details where if they're just taken to that next little step very small incremental step you win the game and that's really my point um wait a second can i can i chime in yes. here can i chime in yes. on this one because i believe yes. that there are two different ways and types of leadership that you can be talking about here right and to the to eric's point here um yeah and i saw what Keyshawn said right about rogers kind of bringing him out of his shell right the interpersonal stuff and then you flip that on its head or flip it around and you go to some of the quotes in Kaylin's article where she's talking about you know Amari and others feeling he's unpro- unapproachable, right, and being somewhat kind of standoffish and whatever. And I will say, I absolutely loved that in the title of the article they talked about his death stare because this is true. When I was on the beat, there was a video of Aaron listening to my, one of my questions that Olive saw, and she said he's got like a death stare at you. Like, and to this day, she, Olive still references Aaron Rodgers' death stare. And it made me think about the idea that when uh, I was at School of the Arts, our good friend Robert Besseda used to warn me about the Aaron Nagler fuck you face. 
Like sometimes I just have a resting face that looks like I'm saying, fuck you, like my inner monologue, when I'm very much not. And that's what I told Olive. It's like, it's just how he looks. And that's what I think some of these guys feel with Aaron Rodgers. They feel kind of a death stare, kind of standoff, aloofness, whatever, until he approaches them. That's all in one side of the kind of cupboard, right? Like that's one part of leadership. Yep. On the flip side, and Corey, this is what you've spoken about very convincingly throughout this season that I very much agree with. It all goes back to what kind of the kind of presentation of this article was. It's like this was a new year. You were stripped of all the guys that you trusted in Devante, MVS, etc. Maybe even EQ to a certain certain stance. Um, you had all new guys around you. Wasn't this the year to lean into? A new way of working, something different. Knowing that things were going to be a little different on the offensive side of the ball, but no, they spread the ball out. A lot of static stuff, no motion, no condensed sets. They leaned into how Aaron wanted to operate, rather than Aaron as a leader saying, "I know I have to change a little bit for the betterment of the offense, for the betterment of the team." That's it. And like when I talk about, or when Corey is talking about leadership. There are, there are different levels and different components there. You know, to his teammates, yes, you to a man, other than maybe Greg Jennings and Jermichael Finley, guys are going to talk about how much they love Aaron, right? And I think because that's Because he leads genuine. by example, right? He's one of these leaders that leads right. by example, which most people appreciate the hell out of, and I he's appreciate not a huge it. Raw, raw he's guy, a tough yeah. SOB. He's not a raw, raw guy. He's one of the toughest guys in the NFL. He's accurate as fuck. He, he just leads by example, so you want to be like him, right? So that is leadership uh, in and of itself. But I, I go back to, you know... I, I, you know, during the presidential inauguration, I was the traffic cop for all streaming for the presidential inauguration. I, because of COVID, lost two of my biggest leaders on set. And because of that, I had some kids. And instead of changing my attitude, I allowed myself to fucking freak out on them. And for two years of my life, I never, I, I never got to let it, it never went away, right? So because I didn't change as a leader and because I didn't change how I presented myself and how I didn't actually step up to the occasion, I'll never, I, there's sometimes people that'll never let me live that down, right? Even though everything was successful and it was like really good. And those are the moments right. when, you know, you have an opportunity to change and you have an opportunity to change who you are and what you're doing and self-scout, right? And it goes back, we've talked about this all season, the inability of Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers to self-scout their own offense has been the downfall of this team this year, in my opinion. I agree. You know, I agree, other than the fact that finally it seemed to kind of kind of sink in about halfway through the year, maybe when Matt had his little change of the meetings, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But it's funny because Adam Stenovich pretty much put it succinctly like, yeah, I always want to run the ball, run the ball, work off play action, get deep, and it's going to work. And, you know, you starting that Cowboys game, that's what they've been doing, and it's been successful. But well, point, and it, it, it has coincided. It has coincided with them getting their head out of their ass when it comes to what offensive line we're going to put on the field, right? There, there yeah. definitely After is. The Jets game, there definitely changed. is. Yeah. yeah, there definitely is something yeah. that's coinciding. It's both things, right? So, right. Um, Eric Slaby again. Thanks right for super chat. Serious though, fantastic rant breakdown. LOL. Appreciate you, Eric. Uh, Braden Loya, Kalen Kaler is about as convincing as Cynthia Freeland's game day picks. I don't know. 
So I'll take Kaylin any day. Uh, <coughs> Cynthia does good work. She's fine, but like I, that's you know that's not my bag. I, I the whole numbers thing and that's it's people are really into that on one level. And Cynthia does great work there. Since it's not my bag, Kaylin, I think she's a legit journalist, and I I I read pretty much you know most things she puts out. Obviously, the Packer stuff has gotten blown up, and we talk about it, but I think they're very different, very different kind of avenues there. Obviously. And uh, ayahuasca, ayahuasca. Thanks for the super chat. <laughs> Cheesehead TV no longer allowed to skip a week on transplants, or please, if do, if we love a Corey rant. Um, look, I I tried, I tried, I tried. I didn't take the Sudafed in time. Ayahuasca. I should have taken the ayahuasca, Sudafed, and Tylenol in time <laughs> to make it for Packer transplants. I'll try not to make that. Dis- I'll try not to make that mistake again. And uh, you know. Uh, Ko, who I believe is an Aaron Aaron Rodgers plant. I'm not reading out any of your stuff, but Ko, we're not in the locker room, but we read quotes from players that are attributed to players that they don't deny, and um, you know we have covered the Packers for a very long time, and we listen to the beat also, reporters. We have eyes. And- yeah, and we listen like, to people you know, when they say things uh, throughout the year. So there's no mystery, but uh, appreciate you trying to uh, clap back. But uh, good job, buddy, uh, not doing it. No, no, I like Tony, though. Tony, I don't get it. We like 12. We don't. Yeah. Welcome. Contradiction. People Complicated are fella. contain multitudes, man. I don't know Aaron. I don't know what he does away from the facility. I don't know who he is as a dude other than how he presents himself on Pat McAfee. I mean, that is like as close as we get, right, outside of the – official sphere of the NFL, which is great. You know, we get a little peek behind the curtain. That's fine. I don't know the dude that well. You know, we've we've talked. We've we've conversed from time to time, but I don't know the man. But I know him as a quarterback, and I know how he presents himself publicly. And the shit I like, I talk about. And the shit I don't like, I talk about that too. But as the man, I don't condemn him or, like, even give a shit, really. I've well, always said, also- like, what you do off the field is your thing, man. As the quarterback of the Green Bay Packers, there's shit I like, and there's shit I can't stand. Well, and also goes to, you know, we don't live in a, even though we might, it might seem like it. And this, this, I think should be a takeaway for anybody that watches the show, because we, you and I do come from an older generation. Uh, Not that we're old, but we're, we're, you know, this Gen X, whatever you want to call it. But we do come from a world where you take people for who they are when you see them in real life. Right. And you also give people the benefit of the doubt. I am not black and white on Aaron Rodgers. I'm not black and white on any human being, right? Every human being has shades of gray, including myself. And, you know, unless you know someone, and when I say know someone, which is very rare, like you're in their inner circle with them every day, you don't really know them. So, you know, there's – and so, you know, you – And that doesn't lend itself to today's binary, like I-O, right? It's got to be X or O. It's got to be black or white. Like it's Twitter's feet. That's like we all live – Twitter right, speech. I talk like, shit about Aaron Rodgers. I'm a liberal, even though I'm a ever. moderate. It's yeah, worse. stupid. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's dumb. Uh, you know, there's no area. Like, Joe Thomas had something about the meeting stuff on Twitter the other day, and he, the first three words, like, there's nuance here. And I said, Joe, you lost most of Twitter with the first three words. Like, as <laughs> soon as there's nuance, people are done. It's over. Nuance and this Kalen article proves it. Yeah. You know, you need a villain. You need a bad guy. You need this to be great. You need this to be awful. No. No, I steadfastly refuse. And because of that, we probably get more shit than we would if we were just like, this is awesome and this is awful and blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, things are way, especially in the game of football, where you have 11 dudes on the field at one time trying to get something to work against 11 other dudes trying to stop them. And then you've got a bunch of 
fucking 30, 40 dudes on the sideline trying to march guys over here and over there and tell them what to do. And then all week you're meeting. And they got personnel guys trying to discern, wait, that guy should stick around. That guy should go. We should need new guys in here. And then we got executives at the fucking level going there. Like, oh, we should try and sign this deal. And we should. There are so many levels at the in the NFL world. And people out here trying to go, this is it. Or that is it. It's impossible. It's impossible. It's never yes or no. It's never this is the thing. Which is why which it's is why it's so levels. which is why it's so disappointing to see the reaction from Pat McAfee's show and the way that Rogers responded to the thing because it was it felt very black and white. Oh no, that's bad. That's bullshit. That's a nothing burger. Instead of actually addressing some of the things that are like, okay, you know, hey, are these things true, or are these things? Is Randall Cobb lying? Is Jordan Love lying? Like, what are they? What do, What do they mean when they say this? And so, you know, I I I'm disappointed, to say the least. All right, anybody, anybody, continuing to do either? Well, anyway, I'll just say anything political here in the chat. You're done. I'm gonna six uh, eighty six you. <laughs> uh, it's over. It's done, people. It's you can have your views. Ready. That's great. Don't put it in the chat. It's our fucking chat. You can talk about the Packers all you want. You talk about politics, you're done. That's your one warning. That's it. Okay. Anything else? Nope. Awesome. Uh, let's give a shout-out to our <laughs> Patreon members, shall we? And seriously, though, the Patreon members who showed up to the meetup on Sunday at the uh, Rockwood Terrace, it was so great to see all of you. Thank you so much for supporting Cheesehead TV and the Carry the G Club members here on YouTube. You guys are awesome. All of you are the lifeblood of Cheesehead TV. We really greatly appreciate it. Uh, really kind of blows me away every time we have one of these things. And we had people from literally all over the country show up to our, our meetup. It was so much fun. Thank you so much. And thank you, of course, to Charlene for putting it together. She's done it the last two years. It's an amazing... Um, a gift really that Charlene puts together every year. It's amazing. Thank you, Charlene. You are an absolute legend. Got anything else for uh, the, the masses there, Corey? Yeah. Robert Stevens. Thanks. Super chat. Honestly, I wish you guys were a little more passionate about the Packers. Me too, Robert. I feel like I'm letting you down. So um, we're working on it, that. Robert. We're, we'll we're be better next it. week. We promise. Uh, well, that'll do it for this episode of Packer transplants. Uh, before we get going, I do want to say Merry Christmas to everybody out there. We will be here. On Christmas Day, watching the Green Bay Packers on our watch party. So, yeah, I know people got Christmas obligations usually around family, what have you. But if you happen to be hanging out and you're like, oh, I wish I could watch the game with someone, we'll be here on YouTube for you fine folks. So please join us. Uh, we'd like to thank everyone who makes Cheesehead TV part of their daily Packers routine. We are and will always be devoted to Green Bay Packers fans worldwide. I think it's a fluid situation, and we're, we're, I know you guys love it, especially Nagler. I can see you smirking at me right there. Uh, we're going to take it one day at a time, and, uh, and just, it's going to be fluid, though. That's all I can tell you.